It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We take a closer look at the first game of Broderick Jones and see where is he at on his schedule as a first-round draft pick. We'll talk about that, the defensive line, and the secondary, all here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. So I wanted to get into a few things here. I wanted to start off with talking about Broderick Jones this week. Now, if you wanted the full recap of what I thought, my initial thoughts on the first preseason game, there was a Saturday episode. Go back and click on that, uh, whether you're on YouTube or on your audio apps. Uh, you know, Spotify, Apple, all, the, all those different apps. So you can get my full thoughts there. We're going to start focusing on different parts of, of the group now that I've had more time to digest some film. I've also put some clips on my Twitter account, at Carter Critique. So if you want to see some of the things that I thought were cool, go check that out. But I want to focus on Broderick Jones because I felt that he had a very good performance. And after having more time to review the tape, he did have mistakes. There were times I think that he lost a little bit of alignment. His fundamentals weren't, weren't that clean, but he looks on schedule to me because those were those those times where that happened they were few they weren't all throughout the game i thought for most of the game he looked confident he looked poised he looked like he understood what he was doing and he looked strong and athletic and i'll get more into that in, in a bit here and i'll say this i think he is on schedule i'm not going to say ahead of schedule just yet because i need to see him do that against first team defenders which he did not get to do because he wasn't uh with the first team uh on uh on on last friday and the buccaneers were also notably missing uh several several players but i'll explain why i think that we might be getting ready to see that opportunity very soon but let's get back to where i think that he was where he was strong in most of his reps he was in place footwork was was solid was kept his kept his frame did not look uh befuddled or confused by anything that was thrown at him he was patient attentive and powerful when he when he was making plays there were even times there, there are times where he still has to figure out his fundamentals and how to lock down every play to be an elite offensive tackle he's a rookie still figuring things out but even when he wasn't executing with all his fundamentals there were times he was still dominating plays and i think that goes to show you just why I was talking about how good this guy was in college. He was my top offensive tackle on my draft board before the Steelers even picked him. And I really think it worked out for the Steelers. They got this guy because he can be physically dominant. And there was one play in the third quarter. Again, check out uh, my, my Twitter account at Carter Critiques if you want to see this clip that I did clip up so you could see it where he was there was a run play and it was kind of like i think it looked like a zone run to me uh i I don't have we don't have the all 22 just yet but i was able to kind of see with just the broadcast angles but 
there was a play where he has he's a reach left step, which means he's going out to his left. He's covering some 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 ground and some space. And when he does this, he engages with a defensive lineman who was coming to try to fill their hole, knocks that person backward. He falls down. Then he goes and gets a linebacker. So effectively, he takes on two defenders and eliminates them both from the play. And it turned out to be like a ten yard run by the by the backer running. And again, this wasn't you know that that wasn't Aaron Donald that he was blocking or Roquan Smith. But it was a good sign that, hey, this is – on this play, and he didn't completely lock up a guy like you know with, with perfect form or technique, but he was still so strong that he knocked these guys over even while still kind of figuring things out. I really think that, that, that the pace of the game is not that fast for him. I think that he is seeing things at a, at a good pace. He's able to process, and he's thinking through a lot of things, and it's going over very well for him, I think so. And, in fact, I was able to catch up with him when we uh, on, the, on the first day of practice since the, since, uh, the preseason game, and that was Sunday at, at St. Vincent College from training camp. Here was Broderick Jones when we got to talk to him. Broderick, uh, what were some of the notes that ESG had uh, from your coaches after your first preseason game? Um, control the controllables really was the main focus, you know, um, no matter what happens, you know, you may mess up one play, um, things may not go your way. Just always continue on to the next play and, you know, continue to be better. How did you feel? They left you in for a while. You played with yeah. almost every team. How did you feel your play kind of lasted throughout all that time? I actually feel like I played pretty well uh, for the most part. You know, a couple of plays I wish I had back, but for the most part, I, I feel like I performed well. One thing that I, you know, I was always wondering was like, how is he going to do against speed rushers out here? And you went up against Nick Herbig a few against times today, and looks pretty good in that. How are you improving and dealing with different types of pass rushers? Speed really never was my issue. Um, you know, I love going against Nick just because that's my roommate. You know, we sit down. At the end of the night, watch our little clips. If we go against each other, we always, you know, just talking smack to each other. So, you know, it's a good rivalry between us. Um, love him to death. I love the way he plays. Um, he plays with passion. So every time I get to go up against him, you know, it's always a good battle. So, so Broderick Jones talking about a few things there. One, yeah, he, I don't think he liked that I questioned how he would do against speed rushers. But that was something that I did want to see because when I look at look look at him, I think that he is very good when he as soon as he gets his hands on somebody. They're they're controlled. But when he the times that I think that he has looked the least comfortable is when someone is able to kind of keep their frame from being locked onto him. And that comes from speed rushers like Nick Herbig, which is why I think it's actually really cool that they go up against each other. And in fact, they did go up against each other quite a bit when they did some one on ones. The Steelers were back in full pads on Sunday. And in those reps, Broderick Jones won most of them. And I thought that was actually pretty cool on his part to, to get that test and to pass it. Um, and I think what you're seeing from Broderick Jones is he is able to use his footwork to always stay center balanced, to not be leaning over, which was something I was kind of concerned with considering how, uh, how strong he was able to play in, in at Georgia and how aggressive he could be uh, at times. But I really thought one thing from, from Broderick Jones that just like I've, I've seen all throughout the practices and I think kind of confirmed it in the game tape is that he does not look like this game is too fast for him. He does not look like uh, that, that, that he is having, that, that he's having to process way too many things. I think that right now he is at a good place and the Steelers are bringing him along. Well, now the question will be, when does he start getting real reps with the ones now he did get a, a couple reps with the with the with the first team uh on on Sunday and he has at times in training camp but none of that was of course in the game and none of that's before extended periods and to me 
that will be the ultimate test. I don't think Dan Moore Jr. looked bad in this preseason game. I think he actually looked quite fine like the rest of the other first team offense did. But we all know, as Pat Meyer said in OTA, they didn't trade up and draft a guy in the first round for him to be sitting on the bench uh, all season long. So if Broderick Jones has to has to wait at some time this year for Dan Moore Jr., it will simply be because they, they they're going to bring him up later on in the year, but it will not be the full year. I think Broderick Jones is 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 well as well ahead of things. So the big thing to watch for this week is how many times do you hear about Broderick Jones getting reps with the ones and then getting ready for that next preseason game against the Bills? How many times does he get the chance to play with the ones and how often it is? I think that what the plan is is probably going to be there might be multiple series that the one that the first team offense gets and in this in this upcoming game compared to you know Friday game where they only got one series you might see two or three and maybe on that second or third one that's the one that Broderick Jones will get and they'll evaluate him there and if he does well there then maybe in that third game you'll see him you'll see him kind of get the get the chance to be a full-time starter or not a full-time starter but you know what I mean be running with the ones consistently and maybe that's when that when this move happens and if he doesn't do well at one of those junctures maybe that's where Dan Moore Jr. holds on to the job at least until week one, and then we just see how Broderick Jones goes. But right now, he is on schedule. If he continues to, to, to excel in practices and then and then does well with the first team, uh, if he gets that opportunity in the game, then he will be ahead of schedule because then I would think that he will be on pace to start for week one if those things happen. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, right now, he's doing a very good job, and he's on schedule. And that's a good thing for your first round pick. I want to talk about one of the Steelers second round picks in Keanu Benton, because he also had a good performance, as did, I think, the, a lot of the defensive line. We'll talk about that in an injury note on the defensive line here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got a lot more coming your way in just a minute here. But first, I want to talk to you guys about underdog fantasy. It's one of the best places that you can get ready for fantasy football because it's August, and that means it's the official start of fantasy football drafting month. You can get championship ready for your home league by trying out their best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do with best ball is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with underdog's best ball mania tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping you up with the date with the Steelers. Now, let's get to talk about the defensive line a little bit here, because I, I really think that there was a, um, 
a, a, a lot shown by this group. And I also want to remind everyone that was all second and third team defensive lines uh, outside of, I guess, Montrevious Adam count, counts, but uh, I'll get to my thoughts on that situation in a little bit here. But you didn't see Cam Hayward. You didn't see Larry Ogunjobi, but it looks like we might not see Larry Ogunjobi for a little bit here. He was seen in a walking boot at training camp practice on Sunday. So no official word on what's going on with that. Larry Ogunjobi has dealt with injuries the past few years, notably last year. That's how he even got to the Steelers, was that he didn't pass a physical when he signed his deal with the Bears. And then the Steelers scooped him up, and then he was kind of hurt going into the season. Now it looks like he's going to be, he might be hurt going into this upcoming season. So We'll see. Might be, might not be that big a deal. Mason Cole was in blocking boots like multiple times last season and never even missed a start. So just got to take things one step at a time. But the Steelers, feel, I think, feel comfortable enough that Larry Ogunjobi knows what he's doing, that he can sit, that he can sit out. But I also think they might start to feel comfortable enough that they might be able to survive if Keanu, if Keanu Benton, Marvin Leal, Braden Fajoko, and Isaiah Loudermilk are the guys behind Larry Ogunjobi. And all those guys I just mentioned looked good. Uh, also Isaiah Loudermilk, apparently his new nickname is just milk and, uh, the Steelers are enjoying covering it, calling him that because I think that they're, uh, they're saying that they're saying they're liking the way that he's progressing, but let's talk about Keanu Benton, the rookie, because I thought that he had a very strong night when I was watching back through his tape. There were a lot of play times where I felt that he just looked strong. He was able to get his hands up quick and just drive opponents and bulldoze. And that was with a guy that I saw at Wisconsin that made me intrigued and made me say, mm, the Steelers need to find a way to get him with that, with that early second round pick at 32. Cause I don't think he'll be around for the second, second round pick turned out he was. And I really think the NFL messed up by letting him fall that far. But Keanu Benton is a physical force inside. But one thing I wanted to see more from Benton was it was was good use of technique in different situations to beat people. And there were times that he really showed that there was a tackle for loss that he had. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter, I want to say. Um, and in the, it was like early second quarter, I want to say. And he just swam over the center, got into the backfield. No problem. Tackle for the loss. Boom. Put the running back down right away. And then on that fourth down stop that they had with him and Isaiah Loudermilk, he just collapsed the center into the into the backfield, just controlling it. So he has shown the ability to kind of be the goon that he's talked about being. Uh, and I think that was pretty good. But he's also showing that he's learning technique. Now, it's not the sharpest yet because he's still got a long way to go. But as far as early tests, I think Keanu Benton is showing some good things in training camp. And we saw good things in the, in the preseason game. And again, this is step by step. We're not declaring it on any of these guys. I've arrived or done all this, but they're passing passing the tests that they're given right now. And that's a good thing for the Steelers because if they weren't passing the tests, we'd be talking about that and people would be worried that they that they'd mess up by getting these guys. So far, it doesn't look that way. I also got a chance to catch up with Keanu Benton after the Steelers practice on Sunday. Here was him at training camp talking with me then. Keanu, looked like you, you, made, a, you made a lot of noise on, on your, first, uh, your first game. How did you feel about your first action in the preseason? Well, I feel like it was pretty good. Um, just kind of went out there, showed the coach the fundamentals. And what I had to offer. So, what did the coaches have to say after your first performance? Any, any notes? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of notes and a lot of good takeaways that I can improve on. Um, besides the good plays, there was a lot of stuff that I can improve. You, got, you talked earlier in the offseason about y'all being a goon squad and y'all being more physical. Mm-hmm. How did you feel that your group did in your first chance, you Isaiah as a unit working together to change the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think we did a good job getting off the ball, getting in the backfield. Um, and like I said before, it's just more more to improve. Um, game went well. We won, fortunately, but there's always coaching points. What was what was Cam like? It's like Larry and like the older guys as they sat back and watched you during the game. How much were they like critiquing you or talking to you like in between plays? Yeah, they, they made sure the standard was the standard. They made sure we was all going out there, giving our all, and not too much drop off from when those guys in. 
what was the, we kind of know, Mike Tomlin told us after the game, he was like, we're not going to pat our, wear ourselves, hands out, pat ourselves on the back. What's been the tone after this, this preseason game where a lot of guys looked good? Exactly, just kind of coming out here today and making making days worth it um, and not congratulating ourselves on what has happened yesterday, but, um, or was that two days ago yesterday? Um, but, yeah, make, making sure we're going on and better ourselves every time we come on this field. So there was Keanu Benton talking about what, you know, how he perceived things. It's, I think the mentality of this team is in the right place. Like they had a good first preseason game, but no one's out there saying, woo, yeah, we did that. I think that's a, that's a good place. Keanu Benton, a rookie, I have liked every chance that I've gotten to talk with him. And I'm talking about back when I first talked to him at the Combine. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders, knows what he needs to do, focuses on what he needs to focus on, but he's also ready to be a dog on that field and eat offensive lineman's lunches, which I think that he did a, did a lot of that. And again, I think the Steelers are, are in a really good place with him. I also thought that DeMarvin Leal had a, had a really really good showing. Um, I also thought Braden Fajoko had, had, a, had a really good, good showing. And it brings me to this question. I think the Steelers have just been operating with a sense of deference to Montrevious Adams because he is listed as the starter and he was the starter at, at nose tackle in this game. Granted, again, Cam Hayward, Larry Gonjovi weren't weren't starting in this game. Hayward sitting out, Logan Gonjovi dealing with an injury. But I I have a hard time, but just based off of what I've saw seen in practices and on and on tape just from the first preseason game, I have a hard time justifying Montrevious Adams holding on to that starting spot for much longer because Keanu Benton looked better, as did Braden Fajoko. Um, and I, I mean Demarvin Leal's not a nose traditionally, but he also looked better, so you might be in a position where maybe you want to move Ogan Joby or Hayward to that to that middle spot while you put uh, Leal or Loudermilk or any of those other guys at, at that third spot. Um, but again, I think uh, Fajoko and Benton could be either one of those guys that fill into that spot. Braden Fajoko underrated, I think, as far as how what he could do for the Steelers this year. He eats double teams like nobody's business. He's extremely physical at the point of attack. Not going to get after the quarterback like some of the other guys, but he's going to stuff the run, and he and that's what you want in the in the middle of the defense. I think that he can be a, a very have a very good role there. Keanu Benton again passing the tests that we that we see. I am intrigued to see what the Steelers do with him moving forward because. Because I do think that he has a chance to maybe earn that starting spot early on in the season, maybe even by week one. Uh, the other guy that I think that is that, that has really helped out with this situation, uh, with this defensive line looking the way it does, is Isaiah Loudermilk. Because I've talked and we've talked about this for about like a week and a half now, but he has looked good all camp and he looked good in that preseason game. And I, it was one thing that Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, you know, I, I thought about him when they drafted him and they traded up to get him. A lot of people were like, why did you trade up in the fifth round? You traded next year's fifth round pick for this year's fifth round. What are you doing? And Carl Dunbar, I remember um, after that draft was, was like, that guy has a lot of measurements that are similar to Cam Hayward. He's not as strong as him. He's not as talented as him, but we can do something with that frame. And it looks like they're starting to see the results of what they've been doing because he's getting stronger and he's starting to understand how to use that strength a little bit more because there's one thing, to get bigger and to get stronger, to put on the muscle, to fill in that frame. But it's also another thing to learn how to use it. And that's one thing that I think that uh, that a lot of defensive well, linemen, period, struggle with at different points of their careers. Isaiah Loudermilk, I think that's something that he went through last year where he, I think he was able to put on some muscle, 
but he didn't know how to use it. Now I think he's put on more muscle, but I think he's also more used to how to apply. He's used to to how to better apply it against opponents. And that's why Isaiah Loudermoke is seeing progress. Now, again, we need to keep seeing the progress because this is just training camp in one preseason game. It don't mean it won't mean nothing if he's not doing this in the regular season, if he's getting bullied around the field like he has in some games when we've seen him. But as of what we've seen so far, I think that he's taken significant steps to be a better depth player for the Steelers. And that brings me to this point with the Steelers defensive line. Uh, they could be ready to rock. And I, I think that they're, that, that they're in a position where Cam Hayward, who's looking fresh, they're not testing him too much. And he's still that Cam Hayward. Him, if Elgin Jogi can get back, but even if he doesn't, I think they have the depth. Because again, you got Leal, you got Benton, you got Fajoko. Um, and, and, and Loudermilk, that's four guys that I am express, expressing confidence in just from what I've seen. And I think the Steelers can feel confident in to fill in either with Montrevious Adams and or Larry Goodjoby's spots when he if, when we determine or figure out what his injury is. So uh, all that being said, the defensive line is in a good place from what we've been able to see. And I think that that's a very good sign for the Steelers who want to be a team that controls the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's why we let off with Broderick Jones. And now we're here on the defensive line. But I want to talk about that secondary, because if there's one group that we did not see in that preseason game, it was really the secondary. So we'll get into what we what we got there. We got a clip from DeMonte KZ with him to, with talking to him after practice on, on Sunday. We'll get to all that here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. And football season is about to kick off. And this is why you got to download FanDuel Sportsbook right now because they're giving you a chance to win all season long with FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Right now, if you bet on a Super Bowl winner future bet, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So you just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory all regular season and playoffs long. So if you're crazy enough to even pick the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, and some of you have, I've literally seen your tickets doing it. I don't know why you did it, but I understand some of y'all Steelers fanatics totally get it. I'm not putting my money on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe win playoff game, but not that far. But even if you did that, you can win things by winning bonus bets as they get throughout this get throughout the season. Because I think their lowest point is nine wins. So that's nine bonus bets that you'll get here. And you can use those bonus bets on things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so many more things. So go visit fanduel.com slash locked on and you can start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue to talk about uh, the Steelers here. We're going to take a step back, and we're not going to talk as much about how this group did in the preseason game because they didn't play much in the preseason game, and that's the majority of the st- of the starters in the, in the secondary. Now, uh, just a reminder, the secondary, the people who did play, uh, 
it was Levi Wallace, James Pierre, Shannon Sullivan, and then after that was all it was just basically everyone else is back. Kenny Robinson, Miles Killebrew, guys like that. And there were certain guys that did all right. You know, Trenton Thompson got an interception. Um, guys hung in there. Levi Wallace, I think, was only in there for a series, maybe two, uh, back when I was looking at it. Um, but Patrick Peterson held out. He's a veteran. They don't need to see him that early. Joey Porter dealing with an injury, though it looks like he's, I think he's fine. He'll be back soon. Um, he he didn't play in that game. Demonte KZ was recovering from an injury. He was back in full practice on uh, on Sunday. Domenica Fitzpatrick, they held him out because they don't, they don't need to see him at that stage of the preseason. And Keanu Neal, also dealing with an injury, also was back, but in a more limited fashion uh, from Demonte KZ. Um, but still, it looks like we're finally going to be able to see this group be the group that's going to make a difference for the Steelers in and, and the secondary. And to me, there's so many important parts of how this group will play a huge role in the Steelers' future this year. Because last year, the Steelers led the led the NFL in, in, in interceptions. This year, I don't know if they're going to lead the NFL in interceptions, but they need to come close. And they've got the personnel, I think, to do it. And I've talked a little bit about this throughout the offseason, uh, but I, I want to revisit this because I think that this is this is still a huge point of this team. We've talked a lot about the importance of the offensive line, the defensive line, the new linebackers, the running, running backs, the wide receivers, Kenny Pickett, all those things. But the secondary is also a very talented group, and that's a group that I think that uh, we could be talking about here with a little bit more and this week we should get our first real look at what the secondary is like we haven't even seen this secondary much in training camp because demonte kz has been hurt keanu neal's been hurt make fitzpatrick spent the first week or so uh you know with an excused absence from practice so we haven't even gotten a chance to see these guys in full playing next to each other and that's kind of an, a big deal because not a big deal but it's kind of a, a you know an interesting point here to watch because a huge part of what was supposed to make this secondary really good for the Steelers was the chemistry because you got Patrick Peterson KZ and Mika Fitzpatrick three guys who are veteran presences who can think very well on their feet and are going to be huge in what the Steelers try to do with their concepts as far as how they set things up uh, with Terrell Austin's defense remember formerly their DB's coach who's now their defensive coordinator and I think one thing that Terrell Austin does very well is he knows how to disguise coverages and he, and get guys to show one thing while while really executing another and fooling quarterbacks into making more mistakes and having the guys to know how to not just do that on paper and not just do the 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 bare bones execution of that like showing showing cover two and then switching to cover three having the guys that know how to kind of work together to make it look even more believable when and to fool for quarterbacks, that is absolutely part of what, what is needed there. So we caught up with DeMonte KZ a little bit here, and this is a little bit longer of a conversation, and he'll hit a few different points. We'll also have a guest visit by DeMarvin Leal, who's going to come in and just kind of throw throw DeMonte KZ through a loop here. But here's here was DeMonte KZ, first day back in full pads and running running with the defense after Sunday's practice at St. Vincent College. Play, design, game plan, how you and Minka play off each other, who's in the box, who's wherever. We saw some of him up in the slot, that type of thing. Yeah, it's all about the coach. So the coach is going to give us a call. We know what we got to go uh, go with at the end of the day. Keanu Neal go down. He got to get in with Mika, so it doesn't, you know, we all different uh, positions. So, just curried up, ready to go, <laughs> locked in, little man hitting, little man running, doing these. Oh things. my God. He called you little? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're all too speaking. It's all right. What's he like? Now he's a second year player. You saw him as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very good last year. You know, saw him last week, still getting, getting plays done and stuff, so he's a really good player. 
Monte, how effective do you think free safety sets can be this year with you, Keon, and Minka? You guys used it a little last year with you, uh, Rail and, and Minka, but now it's you and Keanu. Um, I, I hope, hopefully we use it a lot, you know. Uh, me and Keanu, we, we played with each other with three safeties before. You know, I played, what, six years with him? So we used to playing with each other on the field, and I'm used to playing with Mika on the field. So it, it turns out good at the end of the day. You gave me more flexibility in your calls and knowing, like, hey, we can do a little bit more and you guys ask more of him. Oh, most definitely. You know, Pat Pete been in the league for a while, so he knows the in and out. He knows route trees. He knows everything. So, you know, him, having him present, you know, giving us a speech before the games or before practice and stuff is, is, is wonderful. So he get us going. He called, you, he called you little, but you, you like you like playing. You like you a good tackler. You like playing in the box. You don't like, like a deep safety. I don't see nothing. I don't see the difference between free safety or strong safety. Either way, you got to tackle. So is that, is that position even change or that position even more so the line blur between those two since you went in the league even in the last six seven years? I really don't. I really don't care. Just me personally. If I if I'm in the box, I'm in the box. If I'm in post, I'm in the post. Either way, I I played in the box before. I played in the post. I played that corner. Played that nickel. So. Wherever they want me to play, I got to play my role and play it well. He plays it role. He plays it well. Some little Wayne references there by DeMonte Casey. But I want to uh, I, I want to highlight that last portion there that he talked about this. And we've, we've mentioned this throughout the offseason, the positionlessness of this potential of this secondary where guys can line up in all sorts of places and create problems for you. Because that is one thing that I think is a key element for the best secondaries is when you have guys who, yes, they have their roles, but they're able to interchange in their roles. And that helps disguise what their true roles are. It creates so many headaches because one thing I, I, I hearken back to the Steelers of the late two thousands, early 2010s, when they had Ike Taylor, uh, Deshae Townsend, Brian McFadden, Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark, like that whole crew, right? In two, in 2000, the 2010-2011 Super Bowl, when they lost to the Packers, there was a clip I remember that I can never find anymore. But I remember seeing a clip like like again a year after the game where Aaron Rodgers is telling his players like, hey, wherever 43 is, go the other way because I'm not looking at you if you're by 43. Because, of course, he was respecting Troy Polamalu. And part of it is the Steelers, uh, the Steelers let Troy Polamalu just kind of do whatever he felt like because – he just did that that a lot. And that was a huge part of what made their defense elite at the time. I think what's going to be huge for this defense is a little different because I don't think that Minkus Patrick's going to be able to do whatever he wants. I think there's going to be a lot more coordination between who does what. But the thing is, is that guys can line up in all these different spots like Patrick Peterson. I don't think he's going to be just living outside a corner. I think he's going to bump into the slot. We've seen it in practice. I think he's going to drop back as a safety, of, uh, you know, sometimes. I think that there's going to be times where guys line up in certain spots so that you think they're playing one role, but they're really playing another. And that's when it gets really tricky because then as a quarterback, if you're looking on tape and you're saying, okay, Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he's lined up to have to cover deep halves as is KZ back there. So we're going to we're going to we're going to run a play based off of where they go. But then you see Minka Fitzpatrick drop into a robber robber role while maybe Joy Porter Jr. or Levi Wallace is dropping back into a deep third. So now you're sort of playing a guessing game where you thought the middle part of the field was open because that's normally what you do when you attack cover two is attack that middle part of the field in between the safeties. But it's gone now because the because Minka Fitzpatrick's there. And so 
because he, he's probably in the middle part of the field. So if if even if someone is able to sort of patrol or, or pick that up and say, OK, they switch to cover three, cover three. Oftentimes you attack the seams. You look you try to fit it in between the, the middle safety and the, and the sideline sideline corner so that you can say, OK, let's attack that space right there. But that's also where the robber can often jump those passes. There's a lot of different ways to work this. And that's the thing is that you have guys like KZ, like Neil, who have a, have a lot of experience play, playing together, who can work with Minka Fitzpatrick and work with Patrick Peterson as all really good communicators to find different ways to hide the right moments for, for, uh, for quarterbacks to attack this secondary. There's a lot of potential here, and there's th- that's the three big things that I think that create a lot of potential for this team are the concepts that are getting drawn up by Terrell Austin. I think he'll do a really good job with that. The execution of those concepts being a little bit sharper because I think that these guys are experienced and they're going to have a really good chemistry. And then finally, the ball skills, which all of them have displayed ball skills at one point or another, except Keanu Neal a little bit less. But DeMonte KZ, we saw ball skills last year. Minka Fitzpatrick, you got no question about ball skills. Patrick Peterson, that man's probably going to the Hall of Fame for his ball skills. So you you got you got guys like that who play in that factor, and I think we're also starting to see in training camp that Joey Porter Jr. the whole he only had one interception, so he must not be good at catching the ball. That's not necessarily the case because he's been catching interceptions pretty well in in, in training camp. So you have all those guys, and Levi Wallace, by the way, who also had four interceptions last year. There's a lot of potential for for those big three things: the concepts, the execution, and the ball skills to all converge and make this a great unit, which which again can make this an elite defense with the defensive front we're excited to talk about with the defensive line and the edge rushers and again with a linebacker group that is that looks like it will be better than it was the past several years so uh that's the thing there the one thing i think the secondary still has to be careful of and they have to show that they can do this year they have to limit the big plays because that was what one thing that killed this team at different times last year was the big plays they let up like in their losses to the bills and the eagles when they were and the and the patriots um and other games as well but those three games right there where i remember in the early part of the season that was a big problem that they faced they 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 got good at, at stopping that for some years uh when they when make Fitzpatrick joined the team they have to be better at doing that this year on top of all these other things where I think there's a lot of positives, but that is one negative from last year that if they don't stop, it's going to put a dent in this defense and could prevent them from being an elite unit. I think that they'll be able to handle it. And that's why I think the Steelers will be in a good position this year, but we'll get into all of that uh, as we continue to watch things again. I think this will be the week we finally get to see the secondary assemble and actually see what they're made of in this next preseason game against the Bills this weekend. We got a lot more to talk about all week long. We got Alan Saunders coming on tomorrow. It's going to be a fun uh, Tuesday episode with him as the Steelers are off on Monday, so we won't have a Monday practice to talk about, but we'll have plenty to still talk about with that episode, and we'll keep it rolling here uh, all all week long, leading you to that next preseason game. Uh, Again, thanks for checking out the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com. You can also check me out on the Locked On Steelers Steelers podcast Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes. I'll be back Tuesday with Alan Saunders breaking more things down in your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.